Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to Off the Looking Glass. I'm Kate Fagan. I'm Jessica Smetana. Woo! You're back, Jess! Kate, I was blushing listening to last week's episode. <laughs> Please don't ever do that again. <laughs> And I mean, it sounded like you were going to miss the whole episode, but then your voice was there during the Meredith College interview. So it's like you didn't really miss yeah. an episode. Peeking behind the curtain, I did that interview while incredibly sick and then re-recorded mm-hmm. my voice parts because I sounded so terrible <laughs> that I didn't want to put an audience through. <laughs> I didn't want to subject our lovely listeners to listening to me sounding that bad. So... Hopefully people like the episode. There will be more golf content to come down the road, but today we have the crossover event of the century. Yes. If you are a fan of women's sports podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you better be if you, you're here. <laughs> you probably are. You probably have listened to this one. We had the Snacks podcast on Off the Looking Glass, and what? Kate, I think it went really well. I think we're yeah. friends now. I think Sam and Lynn, Sam Ewis and Lynn Williams, like, We haven't texted in the aftermath of our interview, but there's definitely been energy there like we may text. The four of us may hop on a text. You've gotten that energy from like zero zero communication. Like Yes. Okay. No, it's 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 been from afar. Oh, and also, Jess, I texted you about this last night, being like, don't let me forget to remind listeners before we get to our amazing episode. Here on Off the Looking Glass, we want to have some continuity. So when we introduce you to stories, we want to have some follow through, as it should be with women's sports. And a couple weeks ago, we told the story of the 100 milers in San Francisco who were going for the Guinness Book of World Records 100 by one mile relay. And Jess, it turns out, they snagged the world record. Wow. They posted a time it was like nine hours I don't have it exactly right 32 minutes and they dropped the per mile time and it bested the Canadian club that had it before them so congrats to all of the female runners of San Francisco America wins again we're making history on this podcast that's right we didn't really do anything but we talked about it so no but you know we brought their story to you and so we feel an allegiance to share in their tremendous victory okay so Back to this episode. So we have snacks on, and then we are also going to have Patrick Renna. Another movie star from a sports movie. First Gina Davis, now Mm -hmm. TikTok sensation, and Sandlot star Patrick Renna. Yeah. So we're going to chat with him about the making of Sandlot, about what he's up to now, about all different kinds of things. Sandlot. 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 Well, that was fast. We're already in a rabbit hole. And the episode has barely even started. Have we ever done this before? I think we have. I think we have. At this point, I think we've done it all. But that's okay, because this is a really important one. We finally are talking about the movie The Sandlot. Obviously, it's come up before, but we've never taken like a really deep dive. Wait, Kate, should we make this a Does It Hold Up? 
a rabbit hole does it hold up this is like a collision of all things off the looking glass we should do it pause for musical effect <laughs> the scope of the motion picture is tremendous theater screen gives pleasure and enlightenment to millions every day Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. You just have fun. I got it, I got it, I got it! Oh, no! The Sandlot. A little piece of paradise. A half a block wide and a whole season long. So, before we have Patrick Renna on later in the show, we can't get out of this episode without deconstructing Sandlot a little bit because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Obviously, it is a generational film. It's like the sports version of Goonies in my mind. And you saw it for the first time. Yeah. I saw it for the first time. Kate, should we answer the question of does it hold up or should we talk about the good things before we answer it? Yeah. No, let's jump right in because we're in a rabbit hole and we don't want to prolong it. So like, let's just go straight for it. Okay. I think most of it holds up, but I will say, I don't think Wendy Peppercorn getting (laughs) mouth-to-mouth resuscitation by that little squints kid. (laughs) Little pervert! Oh man, he's a deep shit. It doesn't really work that much in 2023. I thought it was a little creepy, and I thought the narrator was like, oh, what a funny kid. And one day, it became too much for Michael Squints Polidorus also made it worse and I would have written that differently and we'll talk about it with Patrick Renna we will get his opinion on it but you're right at one point during the narration after the lifeguard incident the narrator seems to be twisting it back to it would hold up right he's like now of course it's not a great move to force a kiss with a woman who doesn't want to kiss you and then he's like but you got to give it to the guy. He had more kahunas than any oh of us. Oh my God, I know. I was like, <laughs> oh Jesus, who wrote this script? Why are we making these little boys such perverts? And then the grown man who's narrating is also still a pervert. That would have been like, if you had just changed that one line, yeah. I think it yeah. would have been fine. Because little kids do weird shit all the time. So we're yes. not denying that that happens. But it's the then being like, haha, what a badass that I was like, yeah. oh Jesus. Overall, It does hold up. You're right. There's the obligatory, like, he throws like a girl. Oh, of course. There's no female representation besides a lifeguard who is embodying the feminine ideals who one of the small players forces himself upon. Other than that, there's, like, no women. There's no suggestion that a girl should play on their team. But for what it is, for a reflection of a generation, it's not as bad as it could be is, like, the best place I can land on that. Yeah, I mean, it was, I I could see why people love it. It was cute. It was funny. There were a couple iconic line deliveries that I didn't even know came from the Sandlot. Like when the kid goes, forever. Yes. Forever. Forever. Yeah, I didn't know that was from the Sandlot. I thought that was from like SpongeBob SquarePants. So I learned a lot. Did you know that you're killing me, Smalls? You're killing me, Smalls. That's something you've heard, but you also didn't, didn't know. know. If you had, from Sandlot. if you were like, I'm gonna steal all your money unless you tell me where this line comes from, I'd be like, take it because I have no idea. <laughs> it's just something that's in the popular 
cultural lexicon that I never stopped to examine. You're killing me, Smalls. But it's from the Sandlot, so. Well, okay, it's been a does it hold up inside of a rabbit hole. We are paving new ground here on Off the Looking Glass, Jess. Always setting trends and enjoying movies from 30 years ago. We should hop back up now. Let's do it. Before we get out of here, though, Jess, like, in honor of the Snacks podcast, what is your favorite snack? Ooh. Okay, this is a niche one. There are these little... This is my current favorite snack, okay? Subject to change. These little rice mochi crackers from Trader Joe's. Mm. The bag has little crackers playing the saxophone and the drums. They're in a band. They're little doodle people. I could house an entire bag of those in five minutes. They're okay. so good. What about okay, you? Okay, so I don't, we don't have the name of it, but if I went to Trader Joe's, that description They're would called get like me, rice would get mochi snacks. That's just what they're called. A weird okay. Trader Joe's snack. My current favorite snack is a new chip that Siete has put out. I don't oh, know if you, I love, like yes. Kate, we have the same. We, we the do. Same we have the same snack. Weird snacks. So I don't know how no one has done this before, but they blended salt and vinegar potato chip, which is my favorite flavor, with a spicy serrano. What? And so it's a serrano salt and vinegar potato chip by Siete. And they're cooked in avocado oil, so that's nice. You know, it's not, I don't know why I care, but it's not canola oil. But their whole, their whole oil. thing is they're grain-free, allergen-free, vegan, yep. right? That's the whole brand. Yeah, because I eat their tortilla yep. chips and they are so good. Yeah, wow. So well, I'll have to check those out. That sounds really good. Yeah. I love snacks. All right. Snacks are great. And I love snacks in all iterations. Our guests today are hosts of the Snacks podcast released through Just Women Sports. They have between them 135 appearances for the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. Sam Mewis was the 2020 U.S. Soccer Female Player of the Year and member of the World Cup winning 2019 women's soccer team. Lynn Williams won a bronze medal at the 2020 Summer Olympics. Lynn currently plays for Gotham FC in the NWSL and Sam for the Kansas City Current. All right, let's do it. Let's bring them on the Snacks Podcast. Look at us professional podcasters. I love oh. this. Yeah. The big question is why Jess doesn't have the proper headphones. I mean, I actually are... do have them in my podcast bucket, but I hate wearing them. Oh. So <laughs> I just wear my little dinky <laughs> Apple ones. All right, y'all. So big question to start here is what do you like more interviewing people or being interviewed? Interviewing people. Me too. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think wow, it's so I prefer fun. to be interviewed. So, really? you, you, <laughs> so you guys want to interview us? <laughs> yeah, as you say, you guys want to do this in the reverse. Yeah. <laughs> what is it about being interviewed that you like less than interviewing? Is it just like a control thing? No, I just think that like I get asked the same questions all the time. It's true. That's mm. true. So, so I'm like, Uh-oh. I don't know how many different, on. <laughs> how many different ways to um, answer the question. What is your least favorite question? That yeah, you like what's asked? a sample? Yeah. Um, oh, putting me on the spot. I think like a question after the game, something silly, like what did you think about the loss or why were they able to like, you know, like those questions where you're like, 
it was bad. Like I didn't want to lose. I don't know. Yeah. There, whenever a question has um, mindset in it, you know, we're like, well, what was your mindset going into the game? Yeah. You're like to win. But in defense of, of media, now that you are a part of media, like what have you learned that is easier than you thought it would be? And what is more challenging than you thought it would be? I think something <laughs> that is challenging about interviewing is we're talking to like our really good friends and teammates. And there's obviously like a level of comfortability that we have with them that we want to ask them the most personal, the most important question ever. And I feel like we have this like responsibility to our listeners to ask questions that people want to hear about. But we also have this responsibility to our friends to protect them from saying mm -hmm. something that they didn't want really want out there. So I think that's been challenging is like wanting to make the content as good as it can be and be super interesting and topical, but also kind of trying to protect that relationship and trust that we have with our friends who so graciously come on our show. Yeah, we so, don't want anybody to ever feel like they came on and we got them like, yeah. oh, you got mm -hmm. got by us. And I feel like in the past, me and Sam have felt like that from interviewers before. So we want to make sure it's like a comfortable environment where they, they want to share, but not too much if they don't want to. Okay. I need to know. So I read this thing that you both don't like to hug either other people or each other or whatever. Like, are you both just not huggers? Is that, is that the story? Yeah. I just think that like our love language isn't physical hugging. touch uh, yeah, and hugging, but it's so funny. Languages. It's so funny. <laughs> Sam, um, came, over the other day and we hugged like three times and we were like we never do this <gasps> well i like, went to give her a hug again at the end and i was like ew like why am i doing this like i have no idea <laughs> but you know a friend that you would like cuddle on the couch with and like watch a movie and like i don't know if people do that but like me and my sister would do that sometimes like yeah. sometimes you like are just close to somebody but me and lynn would just be like on opposite ends of the couch but like still very much enjoying each other's company we're just not like a physical friendship mm. which is yeah we have other physical friendships with our spouses <laughs> as it should be so it's more of a mind meld so hugging doesn't need because it's more of a mind connection wasn't mind meld the name of our first episode was that a tie-in by you it was a very deep cut by me it's almost wow. like she did her research yeah it's almost like <laughs> that was Herbalism. a very cool pull in i like that um so. yeah i just think that like me in general like i'm not a touchy-feely person I don't need like what I've seen a friend. I haven't seen a friend in a long time, like to give hugs. Like I'm, I'll give you a hug and I'm like excited to see you, but it's not like I want to yeah. hug everybody all the time. I feel like with, I can say fiance now, my fiance, Marley, um, he's like the only person I'm like, come here. Okay. So speaking of love languages, like what, then what is your love language? We talked about this when we had Christy yeah. on, ironically enough. Yeah. So this is so, like now a deep cut for us too. What was her love language? Physical touch. Oh, oh yeah, I can see I, that. I think she's also think. words of affirmation. I think I'm words of affirmation, quality time. What are the other ones? Physical touch, gifts, gifts, gift, gift, and giving, receiving. There's one more missing. It just will Google it. I, I don't know, but she's mine is sleuth. quality time for sure. Okay, we are missing acts of service. Mm. I believe. Mm. Okay. Oh, acts of service. If somebody's doing acts of service, like the dishes and stuff, I, that's mm. big in my book. So what is your idea of like the perfect quality time to spend with someone? Like if you could do, if you have a day off, you have nothing on your, on your plate, nothing on your schedule. What is the best way to spend quality time? Well, for a nice walk, get a coffee, mm -hmm. lay on the couch, maybe go yep. to dinner. Yeah. If it's a nice day, I do like laying in the park. 
Mm -hmm. that often, but it's nice. Like, I don't even need to be like talking to this person a lot. I just want to be laying together yeah, or like in Mm -hmm. each other's presence. I think we would all really get along if we hung out sometimes. Because when Kate and I hang out, that's basically what we do. We go for a walk and get coffee and hang out at the park. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. I love when you can do a physical activity with somebody like that's your friendship. Like, I think at our age, I kind of feel like socially it's like going out and like getting food or getting drinks. And I love when you have a friendship that you can like do something else, like Mm. go swimming or go play pickleball or go. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah. Like doing an activity. I feel like that's like a a big part of friendships that like gets (laughs) overlooked. I think sometimes. Wait, so you mentioned pickleball. I did mention pickleball. Not that I've been playing pickleball. Got it. Just hypothetically. hypothetically. My husband has been. So it's at top of my mind. Got it. That is so true, Sam. When we were in Kansas City, me and Sam went to, um, it was like a wine tasting event thing, but there was like this slide that we just went down over and over and over again. And it was like the fastest, wildest slide. And I had the time of my life. It was exhilarating. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like a kid again. We're out here sliding down this thing. We were blowing bubble that we went, it was like a, it was like (laughs) cider fest. So we like went and like had a cider and like went down a slide and blew bubbles and like, it was so fun. Do y'all think we should talk a little bit about sports? Maybe. Probably. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Pickleball's a sport, right? You, <laughs> sliding could be a sport. We can make it one. Cider Fest sounds like a sports activity also. My like, kind of sport. You could win or lose at Cider Fest for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is kind of a sports question, but kind of tangential. You know, like if you ever tried out for a play in high school and they, they used to post the roles outside of the theater after auditions. Is that what like the World Cup roster is like? Like, how do you find out? How do you find out? Well, the coach calls you. Okay. But then you like kind of wait to hear from like your friends. But like, in my experience, it's always been like really a stress. Like, should I reach out to them? Are they mm-hmm. going to reach out to me? I want them to know that I made it or I made this or whatever. So it's like always the few days that you know the coach is making the calls are like a little bit like what's yeah. happening. Yeah, because like, God forbid you reach out to somebody thinking they made it and they didn't like it would be horrible. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So it's but you find out because the coach calls you and it's either a good day or a bad day. Do they tell you like, we're calling people in this 24 hour window? I can speak to my two my experience making the World Cup team. I remember I've told this story once before, but I knew Jill was going to call the next day and I've never slept so well in my whole entire life. Weird. Odd. I missed her first call. She called me like 10 a.m. I was fast asleep. Fast asleep. So I had to call her back. I think I just like knew I had done everything that I could. So I did you panic call her back? Yeah, like don't give my spot to somebody else. I literally was kind of like, how did I just sleep through like the biggest (laughs) moment of my life? I have no idea. And then I think with the Olympics, it was like a little, we kind of had an idea. Maybe Vlaco set up the call with a text the night before said, I'm going to call in the morning, be what time works. And we like gave a window of time and he called and it's pretty quick, but it's very happy. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. 
Going back to like not, you were saying like you don't exactly know this year because of the CBA and everything like that. So when when all of this is being negotiated and argued, like I imagine having been part of CBAs working in, in media, like you don't memorize what's on the page, right? Like you get sent some information, maybe you read it, maybe you like ask people around, but is there one person that you're you're checking in with all the time and asking questions to that you consider to be like, a player who is like kind of just leading the way you're like, okay, this is who I can count on for reliable information without having to ask like an agent or, or a coach or something like that. Well, we RPA has an executive director. Her name is Becca Rowe and she runs everybody's everything to do with the CBA, with camps, with making sure all parties are compliant with everything. So I think she gets a lot of text message questions about literally anything and everything. And it's, I think the smartest thing we ever did as a team and as a player association was hire her just having somebody whose full-time job it is to like, make sure we're being taken care of the CBA is being complied with. If somebody's missing a paycheck, if somebody is not booked on the right flight, if somebody's missing information, like that's why we hired her is to be able to help protect us from that sense. So I think it's not necessarily a player. It's her. But if you don't want to bother her, like if there is like, I mean, like someone that you're you're secretly texting and you're like, I have a really stupid question. Please help me. Like, who is that person? I mean, I don't know if I would ever text this person. Be like, I have a stupid question because I would then feel double stupid. But we had Alex on the podcast and I was saying how I feel like she knows everything for some reason. Like we had um, Cindy come in to a camp and she was giving us updates and it was like Alex already knew all of the things because she has researched it before Cindy even told us. And so I feel like Alex would has studied the CBA and like knows when things are supposed to come out. Yeah, that's a dark horse for me. I wasn't going to pick Alex for that answer, but I like that. That's good. Yeah, we talk about this all the time. We feel like because Alex and Pino and Becky are so much the faces of the CBA and equal pay and the lawsuit and the team, they like have to know. So it's mm-hmm. kind of this, like they didn't necessarily ask to have this responsibility, but they get questions about it all the time. So they kind of like keep themselves super educated and they have an opinion on things and we very much admire all of them for their ability to be world-class soccer players and also be super knowledgeable and prepared to answer questions about these things all the time. All right. I know you probably have answered this question. It will fall into the category of standard questions, but for the purpose of the podcast, can you explain the name Snacks to our audience? Take it away, Sam. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. So Haley wanted to Haley Rosen the CEO mm-hmm. and founder of Just Women's Sports she came to us with an idea to do a podcast and there were some other name ideas thrown around and I remember we were just like having one of those like no answer is a stupid answer conversations and we came up with some stuff it would be so fun Lynn to go back if there's a google doc of like our other ideas I know um episode idea right there yeah yeah right we just loved <laughs> snacks we felt like it had like multi faceted meanings like snacks as in well this is just a little taste of like who we are and what we're talking about and what our lives are like we also love food we love to be eating we talk about food all the time on the podcast I i think during the time too we were like it was during COVID and we were like in a big charcuterie moment. Mm. You're always in a big charcuterie moment, but me and Sam would just binge out on a charcuterie board. And so we were like, we love snacking that way. Mm -hmm. So I want like the podcast have that feel of you can come and have a board with us. Yeah, totally. And just kind of hang out. I think the logo, the way they like put the logo together with the soccer ball and the orange slice, I think is so cute too. It like conveys so much of 
just the energy of like what we're trying to do. It my favorite feedback about the podcast is when somebody goes, I listened to it and I felt like I was just hanging out with you guys. And that's like exactly what we wanted. So I feel like the name is so fitting. Yeah. yeah. And it was like a little like head nod, like tip to what is it? Hat tip? Hat you know yeah. the saying. Both yeah. of them. Yeah. We get we get a lot as of long as you didn't, wrong. On yeah. The podcast, you didn't say so. head tip. So that's good. You I think you were head in a good nod place. hat tip. A little yeah. hat trick. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> But like to when you're like younger and your family brings orange slices to the games after. So it was just like a whole Capri Sun. Yeah, I actually yeah. think Sam like blurted out snacks. And when I heard it, I was like, that's it. That's the one. Yeah, I know. I felt like we just were like, yep. Like I thought somebody was going to be like, that's dumb. But like everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's the one that's we're going with it. If the two of you were putting together a cheese board, Per, let's say you only could put five types of cheeses on the cheese board. What would they? What would they be? Only five. We'll cross compare yours to the one that we made on our show. Yes, a few weeks very ago. recently. <laughs> All right, Lynn, you start us. I think a sharp cheddar. Okay. Mm. A goat. A brie. Okay. A brie. Definitely a brie. What we do one? like a manchego. That one that Mary always got. Yes. that was like a little bit like it had like the crystallinies mm. in it. Oh my God, those are so good. Mm-hmm. What was that one that you just brought that was like in the oil? Oh, that was a feta in like, right? Or sheep? Ooh. Maybe it was, was like maybe sheep's feta soft, in oil a soft in a feta jar, like soft, cheese. spreadable. Oh, yeah, wow. it was so, that would be. It's a good cheese board. We're big pepper jelly. Yeah, pepper jelly. People. Yes, yes. And yes. we really like to, like, this sounds so lame. Like, obviously, meats, nuts, classic things, whatever. I think if we're, like, doing it as, like, kind of, not a meal, but, like, you know, it's we're going to eat this for a long time. Like, we'll put little veggies and, like, little mm. fruits and, like, make it a little bit, you know. What do you think about a baguette with it? Or are you more cracker? Yeah. yeah. I'm pro at, at whatever. Thoughts on, like, yeah. tinned fish like sardines maybe no i would be down no. not okay. not with lynn though no i yeah, don't i'm not, not a fish girl sam and jess can go have a board with tin fish and lynn and i will will eat a different board i actually um, will have tin chocolate on it i yeah. actually just had like a spicy pickle or no it was like a spicy mackerel in a tin oh with like yes. buttered bread and pickles and pickled onions <sighs> and that faint. was bomb yeah. really good one last question about this charcuterie board, because Jess and I, when we made ours, she really wanted a stinky blue cheese on it, like the stinkiest you can find. Mm-hmm. No, what Jess. do you all think? No. What? Okay. No. I, I am not. Ganged a- up on. I don't like this. <laughs> I'm not a blue cheese lady. By these two things, Jess, I feel like you have better taste than all of us, but <laughs> we're just going to, we're going to keep it peasant level and just yeah. go like pepper jelly and salami. Yeah, yeah. She drinks a natural wine. But I will say, too, like when we were in North Carolina um, and Dabinia's teammate, she would put lime on her salami. Mm -hmm. And that is something that we started to do as well. Mm -hmm. Smart. So get a lime. Really smart. All right. We got a few minutes left. So what is it about snacks that you all have like learned about who you want to be post-soccer? Yeah, I think that like me and Sam are obviously closer to the end of their career than the beginning. Um, And we have seen the growth of women's soccer and just where it started. And we definitely were like in there grinding for so long. Um, I joke with people saying like the first eight years of my career kind of felt like such a slow climb. And then the last two, it's kind of like skyrocketed with women's sports in general, but also women's soccer. And you see like 
stadiums being sold out and the investment. And I, there's like a real need there to promote the game and promote women's stories. And for me, I feel like I get closer to players that maybe I didn't know about, or I kind of liked, I really enjoy hearing about their stories. Then I'm like, that's my favorite player. And you get to know them like on a deeper level. And I think me and Sam have recognized that there's a space for that and there's a need for that. And and so we hopefully Snacks continues for as long as Just Women Sports will have us. And they've given us this amazing platform to um, go on and share people's stories and our stories as well. And so I think that like post soccer and looking beyond, we just want to continue that, continue the growth of women's sports and continue to show that there's a platform and a need. And it's not like a charity need. It's like, this is where sports is going. This is where people have interest and and they want to know more about um, women, what they're doing, what's their background, et cetera. So, so yeah, it's like very exciting. I think we really enjoy it. And um, like Sam had said at the beginning, we, we feel like we just sit down and talk with our friends. So, and make people feel like a comfortableness to our podcast so that they do feel okay to open up and don't feel like, oh my gosh, we're going to get got on snacks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I totally agree with Lynn. I think for a long time in my career, I have always been like, oh my gosh, I just love soccer so much. I like look forward to practice. I look forward to playing games. I am so passionate about the sport. And I always was like, whatever I do next is going to like never fill this bucket for me. It's like not going to, I'm not going to be as passionate about it. It's going to be like, I'm going to have to coach so I can just be around the team because what else would I do with my life? And of course, like I'm not taking anything off the table, but I love doing this with Lynn so much. I think that like getting to do a project that's related to your sport and with your best friend. And we have like so much creative freedom of like what we want to talk to people about and who we want to have on. I feel like it's such a gift that we get to do this. And thinking back to being like, wow, I'll never enjoy anything else. Like I really do love doing this and it makes me excited to have this opportunity while we're still playing, but hopefully also when we're done playing and I think it is, like Lynn said, really good for the sport that there's current players and athletes like putting one foot into the media world as well and kind of showing that athletes can do more and contribute to this kind of like content world. I think it's super exciting. And I think it's like just opened a lot of doors for us. I just want to add too, like, I think it shows other soccer players that are in right now that we don't have to just be soccer players. Like I I think when you look at the men, men are doing everything. They're like investing in X, Y, and Z and all the stuff. And for some reason with the women, they're like, you just got to play soccer and you have to be grateful that you're playing. And they're like, well, no, like I love and am grateful that I'm playing, but also we are more than just soccer players. We have very creative minds and so many different outlets. And so I hope that people playing now will look at us and be like, if Lynn and Sam can go off and break off and do a, a podcast and invest in X, Y, and Z, then so can I. All right, last one, Jess. We reviewed a number of soccer movies on this show, and I grew up playing soccer, so I have a lot of soccer movie opinions, but I'm curious, do you guys have a favorite soccer movie that you watched when you were younger or, or favorite one now? Yeah, Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah. Okay. She's That's the man. The oh my gosh, she's, she's the, the man. man. That's such a good one. <laughs> Did you guys ever watch that movie Goal about that guy Santiago? <sighs> yes, I saw it on a plane once. I, don't I think feel I like that's pretty good. That no, I didn't. Dude, that movie's lit. You guys should watch it. Let's watch okay. it over a cheese board sometimes. Yeah. Down. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank that you so awesome. much.
Are you like a rock star who hates playing their favorite hit when people ask you about your killing me smalls? How do you feel about it? Yeah, well, I like if someone says say the line, will I say it? You mean? Not even say it, but just talk to us about it and how you feel about it. Oh, no, no, I'll it. talk about it. When someone says, say the line, I'm like, no, I don't have a squeaky <laughs> high-pitched voice anymore, so it doesn't sound as endearing. Because I've said it a few times, and then I can see the reaction on their face. like that The disappointment. The yeah, so <laughs> I won't say it anymore, but I love talking about it, of course. What has it been like? Over the years, I mean, that is, I don't know if Jess feels this way because she hadn't seen Sandlot until very recently, but like she'd probably heard this line. It just is like an iconic line that everyone says, like there's no crying in baseball. It is like on par with that. That's right. What's it like having something like that in culture? It's cool. It's cool. I mean, I love there's no crying in baseball. I almost said it to like a seven-year-old the other day and then I went <laughs> probably too young. It might. You can cry. You can cry. <laughs> I coach my kid's t-ball team. I was going to say it like a joke, but then I was like, he might take offense to it. So yeah. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> but it's really cool. I mean, it, this is why we do what we do as actors, or at least for myself. And I feel like I can speak for all actors when we're doing this to entertain. And so to have been part of something that has entertained people to that level, I don't see how you could look at it any way, but wow. And it's humbling and it's why I do it. So. What's it like being part of something like that when you're so young, though? Do you even really like remember having to get ready to deliver the line? Do you remember that much vivid detail about shooting it? It's funny. That's a good question because I'll see interviews with myself as, at that age. And like, I have a lot of memories from the Sandlot because it was a very pivotal moment in my life. And I have a lot of moments on and off screen when we were shooting it. But I also, at the same time, don't remember a ton of when I was 13, just in regular life. So I see these interviews and I'm like, oh, you have a sense of humor, dude. Like, you're a funny guy. Like, like I look at myself different, but I'm also moderately impressed. There's this interview with me and Victor. And I, I actually think those guys are even wittier than I was. But like, we're a couple witty 12, 13 year olds. And, and I didn't realize that. I had that wit back then, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of like humble bragging here, but you know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah. <laughs> you just see yourself as a kid and I was like, oh, you had a sense of humor and you think, oh, you're such a, a child, but I, we weren't, you know, we were, we were teenagers. I think if it's happened more than 25 years ago, you're allowed to talk about yourself as if it was a different person. That's, I think the rule. Just I like that. I like that. We had Gina Davis on and she was talking about the no crying in baseball line. And we asked her, like, even in the shooting of A League of Their Own, when Tom Hanks delivers that line, did everybody kind of know, like, that's a great line? What'd she say? I'm curious. She said no. No, you don't. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to say. They're, like, there's no way you know these things. You're, you know, they have dailies and, you know, that's when the director and producer and the editors get together at the end of a shoot or a shoot day and they they review all the footage from the previous day and i think in those moments the directors and producers go we got something here and i've never heard anyone come out of dailies the next day being like oh just so you know we saw dailies they were terrible <laughs> like you don't you don't yeah. hear no one's gonna say that but there's no way that you know it's gonna be that iconic you just there's no it's like what goes viral on social media. You think something's going to go viral and it doesn't. And then some stupid little thing you do, like it's all the rage, like uncut gems. Who knew that? <laughs> so we have a segment on the show called Does It Hold Up? Where we like will go watch older sports movies and talk about like what we liked, what we didn't like. 
Do you feel like the Sandlot has withstood the test of time and has has held up? I think so, for sure, because it's passed on to a new generation now. You know, people my age who were 13 when the movie came out have 13-year-olds now. And if they're passing it on, I think the answer has to be yes. Like Goonies, to me, absolutely still holds up. Like there is nothing in the Goonies that doesn't hold up. So I think the Sandlot holds up in that respect because people are passing it on. And there are movies that do not hold up. Do you think, since we cover a lot of women's sports on this pod, what do you think would do diff- the Sandlot would do differently if it was going to just remake it? Not like a modern iteration, but it could even still be set then, like a League of Their Own remake on Amazon. What would you sure. do differently? Yeah, I mean, it would definitely bring a whole other meaning to the line that I said that I don't say anymore. Yeah. Uh, if one of our fellow players was a girl and then... It would actually be really funny, though, if she was like the best and then like slapped me in the head or something like, you mm-hmm. know, you still could get the reaction out of everyone. And then she crushes dingers in the next scene. Yeah. I mean, I suppose like a modern day one for sure would have more females in it on both sides of the team. And that would be pretty funny and great. I mean, a, a league of your own. That was the whole point of the movie, though. So yeah. And it's one of the best. I mean, that that movie's incredible. Yeah. Maybe if the in the remake, Squints would go to jail. That, <laughs> that technically is assault. I'm pretty sure it's assault. Yep, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, maybe juvie, like yeah. not full jail. Like he wouldn't be tried as an adult, but he goes to juvenile hall. Yeah. One of our things that we've talked about a lot on the show is getting Kate into the TikTok world. And oh, you are, yeah. you have millions of followers. Like you are posting videos, dancing, you're doing all sorts of things. Yeah, it's not... I, if we want to call it dancing, fine. I, I don't, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely moving and shaking. But it's fair to say, like, you found a new audience on TikTok, right? Yeah. Doing kind of like these videos. Can yeah. you make a pitch to Kate to get her? Patrick, to join? it's just so confusing. I'm so confused. Why? I know. Here's the thing I have this um, lovely Gen Zer friend of mine that guides me through everything. Actually, the truth <laughs> Could is- Could that be Jessica? Jessica, are you technically Gen Z? I'm like on the cusp. So is she, which I find to be perfect. But the funny thing is, people had told me for years, do TikTok, do TikTok. And I was just like you, Kate. And then I met Jax, you know, Jax, the recording artist. She did that song, Victoria's Secret. She's a Gen Z or through and through. She has like, 13 million followers on TikTok. She did a Sandlot themed music video for one of her things and asked me to do it. And I said, yes, but literally I said, I'll do it if you teach me about TikTok. And she has been my guru ever since. So you do need to find a 20 something that's Jessica Jessica. walk you through this. Yeah. It's, and you're going to have to do it, Jessica. You're probably going to have to. Leave Miami and go to, are you in North Carolina? Is that what you said? South Carolina, yeah. Twist my arm. Short flight. Let's do it. All right, last question. Since, I mean, you're on TikTok and you're doing dancing, so would you have a playoff song that you wanted? Like a walk-off song? Is there one you're vibing with right now? Oh, like if I went up to the plate, you mean? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, sure, Lizzo, come on. Okay. The biggest dance I did, that Lizzo song. All right, you got it. In a minute, you're gonna catch it on TikTok. Why don't you just sing it for us? And we'll just, you yeah. know. <laughs> awesome. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for making time for us. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. 
All right, it has been a star-studded Off the Looking Glass episode. Not only has Jessica Smetana made her return, <laughs> then we had Sam Uis and Lynn Williams, U.S. Women's National Team stars, then Patrick Renna, who, I don't know, do you, he seems like he would like to be called a TikTok star. Yeah, I don't right? think like, it's I, an insult. I think, I think that's okay. only an insult to people who have no idea what the hell is going on on the internet and don't realize that it's like a massive <laughs> social media platform. <laughs> that's right. But I want to go back because ever since the snacks, top of the show, uh-huh. I've wanted to ask you this question, Jess, which it's like ask a little away. party conversation starter that I'd never heard before. And I was with some friends a couple weeks ago and they basically asked me the equivalent of like, you know, you know, Christianity and you know, Jesus, I've heard of it. You've heard of it. The question is basically like, if you became a God and 500 years from now, they were passing out the equivalent of wine and wafers to represent who you were, what would be your liquid and your food (laughs) that would best represent you in this future worshiping that people did? I like that this is lightly blasphemous, but so absurd that I think it's fine. Um, what was your answer? Mine was granola. So we'd yeah, pass out. That tracks. Depends what's happening in the future. That tracks, but it would be though, like a little. You. It does. Like a little plastic little cup of granola. Like a little You'd dried cherry, it. a little dried apricot, some oats, some nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My ideal granola, and if it's representing the body of Kate, it would have fewer nuts and it would be more oat and raisin slash dried cherry heavy. There would definitely be some sea salt in it Mm. as well as, of course, like a touch of honey or maple syrup. And then the liquid that would represent my body would be an oat milk latte. That's exactly what I would have guessed. So yeah, it's a lot of prep work for the future church services, (laughs) but worth it if you are truly a zealot. <laughs> okay. And now we're treading past lightly blasphemous into like just fully. It's okay. Fully, we'll it's see, at the end we'll of the see. episode. Only true off the looking glass believers are still listening. I think I'm definitely also going with coffee. I'm a cold brew and maybe like a scone. Are they mini scones or are they pieces of a full scone that you're chopping up? And give me the mini scone scones flavor. and probably yeah. a, a dried fruit flavor. Maybe a blueberry scone. I love okay. scones. Cold brew and blueberry scones. So I mean, we're just wouldn't go to this service. We're essentially just Honestly. our breakfasts. Yeah. If I could eat breakfast all day long, I would. Like really? that is my favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Because I I'm, treat myself. I say, ooh, it's morning time. I deserve a little treat. But I do that every day. <laughs> all right, Jess. We have ticked a lot of boxes today. We really um, have. Ooh, I'm exhausted. Yes. It's that time of the show where we tell people who makes the show. Well, we should. Would you like to? Yeah, yeah. we should do that. Thank you to Kate Fagan, a wonderful co-host, co-pilot, just an incredibly inspirational person, a hard worker, a great journalist, a great writer, and a friend. Are you just trying to make up for yesterday? This is payback for last week's show. I want to make you feel awkward. But it's all true, Kate. This show wouldn't exist without you. So thank you for everything that you do. We should also thank you. Anya Alvarez produces the show. Carl Scott, executive, produces the show. Joel Shupak, sound designs the show. And then we should thank our guests from today. Yeah, Sam and Lynn and Patrick. Thanks for coming on. It was a lot of fun. And go listen to Snacks. Yeah. It's so good. You'll love it.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.